0: You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check out my Patreon. And take a look at my other YouTube channels, too. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything I release. All links are in the description. In this podcast... Cancel culture is completely out of control. Republicans like to pretend it's the left doing it, but wait until you hear what they've had to say recently. We are riding the line very closely to government censorship, if we aren't already there. Ken Paxton, the Attorney General of Texas who was brought up on 16 articles of impeachment, is now investigating left-leaning organizations for fraud. They just so happen to be the organizations that covered Ken Paxton's impeachment and his political allies. This is wild. Senator Tommy Tuberville has been making waves recently. He says white nationalism isn't racism, and he's decided to hold up military promotions for some trumped-up reason. But that's kind of strange timing, isn't it? Right when an election is around the corner, Trump has an opportunity to take political control again, and a senator is leaving the top military commander positions open by force and against the wishes of everybody else. Military promotions must be unanimous, and he's the only senator voting against it. Let's talk about it. The Johnson Amendment is a legal protection in US tax code that prevents nonprofit organizations from explicitly offering words of endorsement or opposition toward political candidates. They aren't abolished as a company, if they do, They just have to start paying their fair share. Unfortunately, the IRS hasn't been pursuing those cases, so the evangelical movement in the US is brazen about breaking it. They don't even care anymore. Let's talk about the Baptist pastor who spoke at a Donald Trump rally and offered his endorsement publicly from his platform. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send an email instead, you can do it by going to owenmorgan.com, hitting contact me in the menu, and uh, send me a message. Got an email from somebody. By the way, if you want to send me an email, you can do it by going to owenmorgan.com and hitting the contact me button in the menu. This is from Sheena. I put my name on a Jehovah's Witness website to have somebody come to my house so I can ask some questions, and see what the answers are. And I wanted to know if there was a list of questions I should ask. It's an interesting question. Now, there's something called the CES letter in Mormonism. Me being an ex-Jehovah's Witness, the CES letter doesn't really apply to me entirely, but it's an interesting letter anyways. It asks tough questions the Mormon Church can't answer. Things like, Joseph Smith claimed to have received divine revelation from God and was supposedly translating gold plates that were written in, I think, the 500s common era. So like 1,500 years ago or something like that. Joseph Smith, well, at, at his time, I guess it was like 1,200 years ago. This is in the 17th century. He claimed to have translated gold plates written in the 500s, but the plates that he was translating, quote-unquote, had errors in Bible quotes that only existed in his edition of the King James Bible that were corrected later, in later editions. Why didn't God give him the correct inspired word? Why did God give him the error in the, the gold plates? Those types of questions are the things you find in the CES letter to the Mormon church. So I've been thinking about creating a CES letter for Jehovah's Witnesses effectively. And I've come up with at least a few questions that that you can ask that they simply cannot answer. So let me lay some questions down for you and explain the context behind them. Why do Jehovah's Witnesses ban celebrating Christmas, Easter, birthdays, toasting at weddings, pinatas, and wind chimes? because of their pagan roots. But wedding rings are perfectly acceptable despite their admittedly pagan roots. The answer Jehovah's Witnesses will give is wedding rings are from pagan origins, I guess, wearing a wedding ring, but it's far enough removed from pagan origins that it's not really important, they don't care. They're just, you know, it's a little thing, and it's a cultural thing, so whatever. I find it interesting that they would give that as an answer. They actually officially on the record gave that as an answer to that question. It's interesting to me because all of the other stuff they listed, Christmas, birthdays, toasting, wind chimes, those aren't re- like sufficiently removed from paganism. And what is paganism actually? When Jehovah's Witnesses use the term paganism, what they mean when they say it is anybody who is not of Jewish origin, basically. So in Bible times, a pagan was somebody who wasn't Jewish. Like, you know, when Jesus was walking around the earth, of course, Jesus was Jewish. Anybody who was not of that religion was pagan. Anybody who worshipped Thor, Zeus, Apollo, Poseidon, Neptune, any of them, Greek or Roman gods, whatever, they were pagans, non-Jewish people. So I suppose you could say that wind chimes came from non-Jewish origins, but wouldn't that just be like a cultural thing? Isn't that just something people did, have wind chimes? Why does it have to be linked to a religion? Piñatas, toasting, birthdays, wedding rings, Christmas wreaths? None of this stuff is really linked to religion, certainly not anymore. There's no good answer to this question for Jehovah's Witnesses. It's a pure hypocrisy that we're looking at here. Here's another question for you. Why is it that the governing body identified the United Nations as the scarlet colored beast with seven heads and ten horns from the book of Revelation, but you felt it was acceptable to register as a non-government organization, an NGO, a member of the United Nations from February 1992 to October 2001? That hypocrisy was so blatant and ridiculous that the Guardian reported on it at the time in 2001, and Jehovah's Witnesses pulled out instantly. They're like, we're done. And they wrote letters to all the congregations that said, if anybody asks about this, just clamp it. Don't say a word. They, they don't even respond to this. In fact, most Jehovah's Witnesses don't even know that they were NGOs of the scarlet colored beast with seven heads and ten horns. That is damning. If the members of the religion knew that they were mem- that they were an NGO of the UN, they would pro- they would be way more likely to leave, realizing that they had just lied to them their entire lives. Here's another one. God has never demanded human sacrifice as part of worship. Never. He demanded animal sacrifice, and the only time he ever demanded human sacrifice was with Abraham and Isaac, which he then canceled. And gave an animal in its place. And then a guy named Jephthah. Who said I will give you the first thing. That runs out of my house to greet me. When I come back from the war. If you allow me to win this war. He won the war. His daughter came running out. To greet him afterward. So he sacrificed her to God. Those are the only two examples. Of human sacrifice. Aside from Jesus the obvious I suppose. But was he really human? Not entirely right. God's never demanded human sacrifice for his worship regularly. Why does a governing body demand human sacrifice through rejection of a blood transfusion? If you get in a car accident, you're losing blood fast. They need to give you a transfusion. If you tell the doctors, yes, save my life, you will be shunned from your friends and family until the day you die. They will tell you you will not get into the kingdom of God for simply saving your own life. God never demanded human sacrifice. Why do Jehovah's Witnesses demand it? Here's another one. Jehovah's Witnesses use Bible math to claim that Jesus came to earth invisibly in 1914. How can you accept the math knowing that it was calculated out to be 1843 by the Millerite movement? And when nothing happened then, they claim Jesus came back invisibly too. How can you justify this absurd Bible math that has failed over and over and over again. But a number of different groups did this. And when 1914 failed, Charles Taze Russell went on to do other predictions. His successor, uh, Joseph Rutherford, did more predictions, 1922, 1925. Jehovah's Witnesses as an organization did more than that, 1975, the year 2000. They just kept making prediction after prediction off of the same flawed Bible math that fell flat every single time through the 1800s. Here's another. Why do Jehovah's Witnesses consider their old literature apostate material and threaten shunning for people who possess it? How can they justify that? For example, let me show you some of this apostate literature. This is a 1947 watchtower produced by Jehovah's Witnesses, now considered apostate material. They wrote it, 1947. Are you also excommunicated? They talk about the pagan roots of excommunication, of disfellowshipping. How do they justify that, that whole thing, apostate material and shunning and all of it? There is no good justification for any of this. It's just hypocrisy all the way down. Here's another one. Why aren't beards allowed? Several Bible characters had beards, and even Charles Taze Russell had a beard. Isn't it strange that the founder of the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society had a beard, but it's unacceptable for Jehovah's Witnesses to have one today? You want to know the real reason they don't allow beards? Joseph Rutherford, the first official president, I guess, of the organization. All right. Charles Taze Russell was the founder of the religion, dies Halloween night, 1916. Joseph Rutherford does a hostile takeover shortly after that. I think in the late 19-teens, early 1920s, does a hostile takeover, claims all of the properties and the everything. He was a judge and he claimed it all and renamed it from Bible students to Jehovah's Witnesses in 1930, in the the early 30s, I think 33 maybe. And after that hostile takeover, a lot of people were kind of iffy about it. There was a big splinter. A lot of people left. A lot of people stayed, took sides. And in an effort to fortify his position as sole leader of the organization and to try to erase the past, he banned beards because his predecessor, Charles Taze Russell, the founder had a big, bushy beard. This guy right here, Charles Hayes Russell, had a big beard. Joseph Rutherford did not like that. He, they didn't, want, he didn't want any reminders, so he banned him. That's the real reason. Ask Jehovah's Witnesses why beards are banned. Most don't know. They'll say that they are just expected to be clean-shaven because they, they're supposed to stand out from the rest of the world. It's nonsense. It was because of Joseph Rutherford being a scumbag. Anyways, there you go. There are a few questions you can ask Jehovah's Witnesses if you're trying to push buttons and, and, and push the limits and, and get their attention. Uh, thank you for the email, Sheena. I appreciate that.
1: So, Owen, oh, it's Lou. Um, got a just a quick opinion. Uh, this is just me. Um, if God does a bunch of holes in the Bible, which he does, and Christians today act like arrogant assholes, which they do, does that mean that Jesus was likely also a asshole? or was he a complete liberal, loving everyone, peace guy that they all, that God and his Christians hated? Questions.
0: Yeah, I appreciate the uh, voicemail there, Lou. That was uh, an interesting one. Interestingly enough, there was an old—I don't know—he, I don't know—he well, know, wasn't a prophet, but he was very influential within Christianity in the early days. And there was this guy that basically proposed the idea that the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament were completely different gods. I think Marcion was his name. Is that who did it? I don't remember if it was Marcion or not. But anyway, completely different gods was the proposition. Yahweh wasn't even the God of the Christians in his mind. And I think that's a pretty apt conclusion to draw when you think about it. Jesus was supposed to be God for some people, for some Christians, Jesus was the reflection of God for others. He was perfect in every way. He was sent by God. He, at the very least, reflects God's personality, right? But the personality reflected in the Old Testament does not match up at all with what Jesus is. So my suspicion, honestly, is that Jesus came along and completely warped and distorted people's understanding of the scriptures. Up to that point, people understood God to be vengeful and angry and violent. And Jesus was a loving hippie that just didn't want anybody to hate anybody for anything. So I think that it was the last uh, suggestion you gave, yeah. I think Jesus was just a nice person, honestly. But you know what? We'll never know. We'll never know. Was Jesus even real? I think he probably was, but that's about all we can tell about the guy. And thanks for the voicemail, Lou. I appreciate that. Hey,
2: Alan, Guy Young, Book Illinois. Just caught a clip on up over the Fifth Column. How far is Russia going to go? Why don't they give up?
0: Yeah, Bo, the fifth column is pretty interesting. I watch him from time to time.
2: Russia will not give up. If Putin wants his legacy, okay, they they might settle if Biden wins the election. Okay, the Democrats win. They will go to the table. And if uh, uh, the GOP wins and Trump wins, Trump is going to just give them whatever they want. So Putin is just waiting after the election, which is going to be just about uh, two years out from when they first started the invasion, February, February 22, it's going to be February 24. It will be over one way or the other. And I feel strongly that Russia will lose this war. And so will the GOP, RIP, 2023.
0: Yeah, okay. That's an interesting uh, suggestion. Let me lay this down for you. Put yourself in Putin's shoes for a second, okay? Here's the thing. When you redraw lines on a map, that's permanent, pretty much. That's what Israel has been trying to do with Palestine, just slowly, gradually redrawing Palestine's lines, removing people from their homes and moving settlers in, setting up illegal settlements in Palestine, pushing in on the edges a little bit. And now that area is yours. That's why everybody wants to go back to the 1967 borders. Everyone except Israel, of course. Because the 1967 borders were the last legally recognized borders. So when you erase those lines and redraw them the way you want them, it stays that way. And Putin knows that. Now, what is Putin? What price is Putin paying? He's not paying a price, really. You know who's paying a price? Russian citizens. The military. People are out there dying in the streets because Putin is sending them out to war. He built up a big war chest, had a whole bunch of money to fund this thing and then he pulled the trigger and sent them in. He doesn't care how many people die. When you're a sociopath, put yourself in his shoes. Imagine you don't care. Imagine that you view human life like they're little, you know, little toy soldiers or whatever. Why do you care if one gets melted down? Why do you care if one gets its like leg twisted off or whatever? When you have you know, um, 900,000 of these soldiers going out, all you really care about as Putin is redrawing that, that line. Because once he takes Luhansk and Donetsk regions, it's permanent. They're going to have to fight for those regions again. And Ukraine doesn't have the manpower to fight an offensive war that way. So all Putin wants to do is redraw the lines a little bit right now. If he can just... Take a little bit of it. He'll be happy. His goal seems to me originally was to take all of it, kill Zelensky and take Kiev and uh, name it like a vassal state, basically, but that did not work out for him. So next best thing, take as much land as you possibly can. He's going to die soon anyways. I heard he has cancer. He might have cancer. I don't know if it's serious or what, but he's like 70 something. I mean, how long does he realistically have? He just wants Ukraine to belong to Russia, ultimately. It's psychotic. Willing to kill anybody it takes.
2: Hey, Owen. Guy Young, Brook, Illinois. Just caught a a clip on uh, the friendly atheist. I guess Wisconsin passed a law that bans mandatory church closures during pandemics or whatever. I got no problem with that. I mean, let those idiots die. That's the way I feel about the Middle East a lot, too. It's a bunch of religious fanatics killing each other or a bunch of religious fanatics basically putting their lives on the line. I'm fine with that. Just leave me out of it.
0: I can understand that perspective, although I don't really agree with it entirely. So as far as the the pandemic thing goes, well, first of all, I don't want anybody to die because human life is like the rarest and most valuable thing in the universe, in my opinion. Every life is valuable. And I, I feel like if we could just... Pull people out of this stupor that they've fallen into. You know, I was one of those religious fanatics at one point. I very easily could have just been born into a situation where I was in this extremist religion that, you know, was violent and wanted to send me to war and everything. Very possible. Any one of us could have been born into that. But if you talk to somebody and talk them out of it, maybe you can save their life. You know, that's not going to happen for everybody. But that's my goal. Aside from the fact that I view human life as the most valuable thing on the face of the planet, every life, even religious people's lives, religious people aren't just hurting themselves; they're hurting everybody around them too. Like Greg Locke, and specifically John MacArthur, Pastor John MacArthur, have had COVID sweep through their, you know, their churches or whatever, their megachurches, and then they completely ignoring the fact that it's real, go to the supermarket and touch everything and breathe on everything and sneeze. and Because they don't care. They don't think it's real or they don't think it's a big deal and they're gonna prove that to own the libs, you know? So it's not just themselves they're hurting. And also in the Middle East, again, it's not just themselves that they're hurting. It's innocent civilians on both the Israeli side and on the Palestinian side. And that's what makes it so truly tragic and grotesque. You know, Netanyahu is an absolute monster. The most horrific monster, one of the most horrific monsters there is out there. And so is Hamas. They're absolutely terrible. Do I care what happens to those two specific group, you know, Hamas and Netanyahu? I don't want anybody to die. I wish they could be talked out of it. Since they can't be talked out of it, you know, what what am I going to do to stop them? Let them go nuts on each other. But they're hurting everybody around them, too. That's the problem. Anyway, yeah, it's just sad. Uh, The whole thing is sad, honestly. I do care for human life. That's my hang-up, you know. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. Next up. Cancel culture is completely out of control. Republicans like to pretend it's the left doing it, but wait until you hear what they've had to say recently. We are riding the line very closely to government censorship, if we aren't already there. Ken Paxton, the attorney general of Texas who was brought up on 16 articles of impeachment, is now investigating left-leaning organizations for fraud. They just so happen to be the organizations that covered Ken Paxton's impeachment and his political allies. This is wild. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. Newsmax and the political right in general are participating in cancel culture, like to a ridiculous degree. Now, some of it is ridiculous and funny, like this Target nutcracker thing going on, but some of it is not funny like Ken Paxton, the Attorney General of Texas, investigating a nonprofit organization that has been critical of him in the past. So I wanna talk about cancel culture on the right.
3: Okay, so Target, which made headlines obviously for its Pride Month over the summer, and LGBTQ merchandise, now has Christmas merchandise featuring an LGBTQ nutcracker, as well as a Pride Santa.
0: This is a Newsmax reporter, quote-unquote, not not even a reporter, just a political commentator, I guess, C- trying to cancel Target. What happened to all this stuff about cancel culture? I thought these people freaked out about cancel culture 24-7. Where was all of that? I guess they're trying to cancel Target because they have a nutcracker with a pride flag. Is that even real? Does Target even sell that? I wouldn't put anything past the, the people on Newsmax, the good people of Newsmax, I wouldn't put any lie beyond them. Out of curiosity, now I'm, I'm, I'm really wondering, is this actually sold at Target? Okay, it's sold on Wayfair, sold on eBay, sold on Amazon, Poshmark, Timu. Tar- oh, wait, Target. No, no, I'm sorry. This Target link isn't even a nutcracker with a pride flag. Okay, let's just kind of scroll through Target's website. The nutcracker section, yes. Apparently they have a whole section for nutcrackers. It's pretty metal if I say so myself. And and we'll see if they have a pride one. Okay, I'm only seeing one nutcracker at all. Then there isn't even a, it's not a Christmas one, it's a Thanksgiving one apparently. I don't know what they're talking about. I'm not saying there isn't a, a gay Christmas nutcracker at Target. I'm just saying these people lie for a living. That's all. I, I'm not even convinced that this is real. Cookie Queen 425, retarget. Most they've got is a witch and fully pink nutcracker. Why are they losing their shit over these? The pride one isn't sold by target. Because they're looking for a target. I mean, you know, no pun intended. They're looking for somebody to punch in the nose to di- direct the ire of their horde. They're looking for somebody to point at. So that their group of extremists will go into a blood frenzy and go completely nuts over it. That's fascinating, though. Yeah, I I guess Target doesn't sell these. Find out who does and attack them, right? Like, why are you even making fun of, or why are you even pointing out a company that doesn't do it? It's bizarre, man.
3: EJ, I believe you and I, we've talked about this before. Go woke, go broke. Target is...
0: Go woke, go broke is a cancel culture saying. I'm not e- I don't even have a problem with people boycotting things they don't like. That's your American right. But they're the people on this show that are screaming about cancel culture 24-7. What is Go Woke, Go Broke if not cancel culture?
3: EJ, I believe you and I, we've talked about this before. Go Woke, Go Broke. Target is really doubling down on all of this. I mean, how do you think consumers will react?
0: I, I don't think consumers really care. I think they're trying to create a bubble around this, if you will, to make people like to whip people into a blood frenzy over this. Late November 2023 is another example of uh, Newsmax going completely off the rails into La La Land and complaining about something that isn't even a problem.
3: The annual parade will be um, an indoctrination, essentially exposing.
0: Talking about annual the annual Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. In New York City this happens every year it's a gigantic parade you can watch it on TV and everything else I've actually been to it kind of sucks you got to get there at like 5 in the morning and you don't get to use the bathroom until you leave so just think about what people have to do there anyway just check this out
3: the annual parade will be um, an indoctrination essentially exposing tens of millions of viewers at home to the liberal LGBTQ agenda um, is what they're upset about the fact that there is a
0: wow, um, exposing millions of viewers at home to the LGBT agenda, they must have had somebody in <laughs> chaps and like leather gear and uh, all this other stuff decked out, holding up pictures, uh, like holding up explicit pictures, right? That must be what happened. I, I can't imagine any other scenario that would warrant this level of outrage? I mean, even that wouldn't. I mean, explicit pictures maybe because there are kids here, but just people standing around, certainly not, right? So what is this thing that happened that just outraged Newsmax to their absolute core?
3: What they're upset about, the fact that there is a non-binary uh, identifying actor who is partaking in a song from the play and Juliet, I believe they
0: There's an LGBT person on one of the floats, uh, I think, is what it is. An LGBT person in the parade. That's the outrage. Is this not cancel culture? What do you call this?
3: Uh, um, Is what they're upset about the fact that there is a non-binary identifying actor who is partaking in a song from the play and Juliet, I believe.
0: Wait, it's an actor. It's not even a singer. So are they literally just standing around in this uh, like in this parade? Jesus, dude, these people are upset over absolutely nothing. Get help. Seriously. Like I said, I have no problem with people boycotting or protesting or whatever. That's your American right to do whatever you want. But it's crossing over from boycotting and protesting into something else. This is Ken Paxton on the right talking to Charlie Kirk. If you don't know Ken Paxton, he is the attorney general of Texas, which is basically I I believe he's the guy that like sues companies for fraud and destructive business practices or deceptive business practices. On behalf of the people, basically. He sues companies as an actor of the state or whatever if they're doing something nefarious. So, here are some things that attorneys general do issuing formal opinions to state agencies, acting as public advocates in areas such as child support enforcement, consumer protections, antitrust, and utility regulation. So, forever ago, I lived in Huntington, West Virginia. There, was a, there were two hospitals. There was St. Mary's Hospital, owned by the Catholic Church, and there was Cabell Huntington Hospital. And it was owned by somebody that wasn't the Catholic Church. Well, Cabell Huntington wanted to purchase St. Mary's Hospital. And those were the only two hospitals within like 150 miles or something. So it was going to create a conglomerate. You had no choice but to go to one of the hospitals owned by this same company, which means they can jack the prices up as high as they want and there's nothing you can do. Eventually, the attorney general of the state allowed the sale of St. Mary's Hospital to Cabell Huntington Hospital. This went through. That's just pure unadulterated corruption, seems to me, but I digress. That's the kind of thing the attorney general is supposed to do, is prevent things like that, antitrust violations and stuff representing the public's interests in charitable trust and solicitations, operating victim compensation programs, so on and so forth. They're supposed to be advocates for the people, basically, on behalf of the people as an arm of the state. So uh, what has Ken Paxton done in his tenure as as the Attorney General of Texas? Well, I can tell you this. He got impeached by a Republican legislator. Republicans impeached this guy. That's how bad he was. He came to the floor, came to work, basically. He was giving speeches and stuff. Drunk. He was drunk. Slurring speech, stumbling around, didn't remember anything, what was going on around him or whatever. Came to give speeches at work. Drunk, seriously. And then, of course, Donald Trump defended him, supported him. And the entire Trump wing, the far right wing of the Republican Party, defended him. And everybody just backed off suddenly, and he beat the impeachment. Check this out. This says, he received 16 articles of impeachment, alleging corruption and bribery. So not only did he come to work drunk, but he was corrupt, he was engaging in bribery, His most artful escape in a career spent courting controversy and skirting consequences of scandal. This is the Texas Tribune. No article received more than 14 of the required 21 votes to convict. Only two of 19 Republican senators, Bob Nichols of Jacksonville and Kelly Hancock of North Richland Hills, voted in favor of convicting for any article. A stark contrast to the more than 70 percent of House Republicans who impeached the attorney general in May. So 70 percent of the House voted to impeach this guy, 70%. You only need 66%, I think, to remove from office. 70% impeach him. And then it catches the attention of Donald Trump and their entire wing of the party, and suddenly, literally everybody backs off except two Republicans. Paxton, who attended just two days of the trial and was not present to witness his exoneration, was characteristically defiant. The sham impeachment coordinated by the Biden administration with liberal House Speaker Dade Phelan, or Felon Phelan, and his kangaroo court has cost taxpayers millions of dollars, disrupted the work of the Office of Attorney General, and left a dark and permanent stain on the Texas House. Anyway, so he beat the charges. That's insane. Here's a, a rough description of what happened with bribery and everything, if you're curious. The dramatic votes capped a two-week trial where a parade of witnesses, including former senior officials under Paxton, testified that the attorney general had repeatedly abused his office by helping his friend, struggling Austin real estate investor Nate Paul, investigate and harass his enemies, delay foreclosure sales of his properties, and obtain confidential records on the police investigating him. In return... House impeachment managers said Paul paid to renovate Paxton's Austin home and helped him carry out and cover up an an extramarital affair with a former Senate aide. That's what the guy was impeached for. Oh, and uh, he also came to work drunk. I can't let go of that. I'm sorry. He wasn't impeached for that, apparently. But that was one of the things that happened, like, near the end, right before the impeachment happened. So he beats the impeachment. Now, follow my train of logic here, okay? He beat the impeachment back in, uh, on September 16th, 2023, I think, is when the impeachment was officially ended. November 16th, 2023, Media Matters comes out with this article. As Musk endorses anti-Semitic conspiracy theory, X, previously known as Twitter, has been placing ads for Apple, Bravo, IBM, Oracle, and Xfinity next to pro-Nazi content. Media Matters is like a left-leaning nonprofit organization dedicated to exposing extremism, hypocrisy, uh, anti-Semitism, that kind of thing. So they write this article. Apple and IBM and all these companies pull out of advertising with Twitter. They stop advertising. What happens next? Elon Musk sues Media Matters to... You know, for reputational loss or defamation or some other thing. I don't even know. And then Ken Paxton comes out and says this late November 2023.
4: We were made aware recently of what's going on with Media Matters, as you probably know, fairly liberal, pro democratic organization, which is fine. Uh, But they are trying to manipulate, it looks like they're trying to manipulate the platform of X, formerly known as Twitter to make it look like they're they're racist and they tried to tie those racist ads that were created to some of the major advertisers on Twitter to hurt their business.
0: I- look, they weren't trying to tie Twitter to racist content saying that Twitter is racist or whatever. This is this is the article right here and all it does is show examples of IBM and Apple and and other ads like that sitting next to Nazi content. And it's not just a little bit of Nazi content. It's a lot of Nazi content. Here are just some examples. These are just like, I think, two or four of them here. Let's see. What people think a spiritual awakening is like versus what it's actually like. And it's a woman sitting, you know, yoga style meditating. What it's actually like, a spiritual awakening? Nazis. You see a picture of Hitler and Nazis there. And then an Apple ad directly below it. Let's do some more ignored facts about the Third Reich. After the Weimar Republic, or I guess it's Weimar, isn't it? After the Weimar Republic moved toward decriminalizing abortion, the Reich formally outlawed it in 1934 and increased the punishment in 1943. In 1934, the punishment for abortion was five years in prison. Mothers with three or more children were given honor cards, which allowed them to jump queues in shops and get rebates for rent and public utilities. Exercise and healthy eating was heavily promoted to all citizens, especially women. Women were actively removed from the labor pool and instead heavily encouraged to be mothers, right? So this is talking about how Nazi Germany was a good place and a good thing because it was anti-abortion. And, you know, you got Xfinity directly below it. So that's what, I mean, they showed like a number of examples. That's not the only one by any stretch of the imagination. There are a bunch here. But that's what the article did. It showed that that these ads are being displayed next to Nazi content. And the point is, Twitter is full of Nazis. Like, it's insane at this point. I used to get 100, 2, 3, 4, 500 likes on some of my posts regularly, some of my tweets. Now I get 15 or 20 at most, sometimes only 5. And I get, like, entirely too many, like, far-right extremists commenting on stuff. I'm not even using Twitter anymore, but I, I tweet there very rarely, every now and then, just to see what happens. And it's almost exclusively like right-wing extremists. That's like all I see in comment sections and stuff. Anyway, the point was made by Media Matters, and Ken Paxton decides to claim that they're, what? What's he even claiming about him? What's he, What deceptive practice warrants the attorney general's attention? or I'm sorry, the Attorney's General. Is it Attorney's General for for the possessive form? I'm not sure. Anyway, listen listen to what he says here. Some of the major
4: advertisers on Twitter to hurt their business, obviously that affects consumers and that's what we're looking into as, to, as, as a matter of law. Have they violated our, our, our fraud laws and have they violated some laws as a relationship?
0: Fraud laws. He's asking if a media organization, basically like a non-profit government watchdog reporting on right-wing extremism is violating fraud laws by pointing out right-wing extremism what like, what kind of backwards bizarro land do we live in that we are here now where this guy is calling for an investigation a fraud investigation into a left-leaning organization simply for calling out extremism i don't want to overplay this i don't want to be like you know oh, this is nazi germany or whatever i feel like it's kind of a slippery slope to to go down to start calling everybody nazis i don't i don't believe that like everybody's nazis or whatever i don't but when i see things like this a far-right agent of the government trying to destroy his political enemies and using his office to do so. What else do you call this? Like, holy Christ on a cracker. This is insane. By the way, fraud, he said fraud, right? Fraud is both civil and criminal. He's responsible for the civil side. The police and the prosecutors are responsible f- responsible for the criminal side. But as the attorney general, he has the ability to recommend prosecution for fraud and stuff like that. Who's Who's even being defrauded by a media organization? reporting on right-wing extremism this is like exactly what i do i'm just sitting here talking about extremism that's it I, i could just as easily be like investigated for criminal activity for simply talking about ken paxton this is insane and now charlie kirk is going to get on here and talk about how right this guy is and how fantastic he is and everything this is this is just scary stuff man for real
1: So, you know, this is this is an important measure that you're taking here. So is it a civil investigation? Is it a criminal investigation? Is it the intent to sue? Walk us through some of the specifics.
4: So right now it's a a civil investigation. I don't have the authorities, attorney general, to do criminal investigations. That would be up to local district attorneys, which uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't even believe that they would even start looking into
0: this. but But he knows them and he can recommend this stuff, just like. Congress cannot technically charge somebody with a crime, but they can recommend to prosecutors and and pass over evidence that they discover in an investigation for prosecution and stuff. So that's not out of the realm of possibility. If he's talking about fraud, that happens all the time. Attorneys general sue companies for this or that. And if there's actual criminal activity, they are charged with a crime also, the appropriate people, or they can be
4: hopefully some of them will uh, but we're looking at the civil side and we have two angles we have the nonprofit angle because we're responsible as the Attorney General's Office for overseeing charities not necessarily helping them we're, we're supposed to make sure that they treat people the way they're supposed to treat them as charities and second we have the ability to look at corporations if they commit fraud it's one of the four things that I'm directed by the state constitution to make sure that corporations that commit fraud are held accountable so right now We're just at the very beginning stages of looking at both of those issues.
0: That's absolutely insane. Now, let me lay a few examples of fraud on you that this guy could be investigating. Right now, he's investigating a left-leaning organization for calling out right-wing extremism. Instead, now this stuff didn't happen in his state that I'm about to list. This may not even fall under the purview of the attorney general, certainly not the Texas Attorney General, in all cases. But let me just lay out some examples of fraud cases that have happened recently where nothing's taking place, nothing's happening. Nobody is doing anything about this stuff. The guy named John Rust, I think he's an Indiana Republican candidate for senator. He owns the second largest egg-producing company in the United States. And I don't know if you guys remember this, not too long ago there's like an egg shortage in the United States. You know why? Because of John Rust. He colluded with other egg producers, the other ones in the industry, the the number one largest, and then the next three under him, I think, something like that. They all worked together to slaughter their hens earlier than usual, to ship their eggs internationally, and to otherwise limit the egg industry, the market, To drive up egg prices, create a bubble, and make massive amounts of money off of it when the supply returns, trying to drive those prices up and hoping that they don't drop afterward. That's John Ross, Republican candidate for senator in Indiana. Who's looking into that? I think somebody is actually looking into that at this moment, because that just came out not too long ago. Here's another one. Heritage Auction House... It's a, a an auction house that's existed since the 1970s, right? It participates in auctioning off old coins, comic books, retro games, things like that. Just vintage things, right? There's a guy affiliated with it. I think he may be the co-founder or the CEO or something. Guy's name is Jim Halperin. I, I want to be careful what I say because I don't have firsthand knowledge about any of this stuff. So I'm just going to kind of say things vaguely to the best of my knowledge and say... I'm pretty sure that this is the case, but you should be looking this up yourself. Don't take my word for this, okay? From my understanding, back in the 1980s, there was a vintage coin bubble that existed. You know, vintage coin prices shot through the roof, and nobody really understood why. As it turns out, to the best of my knowledge, there was a speculative bubble being created as a result of collusion between an auction house, and a grading company, right? So a grading company drives these prices up by saying, wow, this coin is worth a lot of money and it's super rare and it's graded, you know, 9.8, 9.9 or whatever. And then the auction house puts a price tag on it and estimates that it's worth this much and it garners interest and... Articles start being written about it and people are talking, hey, you may have these old coins in your house you didn't even know. And before you know it, some of these coins are selling for like thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars, and they're not worth it at all. It's a speculative bubble where people are coming in to purchase these things. By the way, I'm describing what's happening to the retro game market right now or what happened to it very recently over the past couple of years. And it happened to the coin market. Both... The coin market and the retro game market created a speculative bubble as the result of actions taken on the part of Heritage Auction House, owned or co-founded by Jim Halpern. That's interesting, right? Same guy involved in both bubbles, both speculative bubbles. That's super strange, super coincidental. And Jim Halpern was ch- uh, fined 1.2 million dollars for doing what he did in the 1980s with coins, to my knowledge. And here we are, you know, 40 years later, we have the retro game market forming out a bubble, and we have Heritage Auction House partnering with a brand new grading company that didn't exist before. Now they're grading these games, Wata Grading Company, I think it's called, or something to that effect. They're grading these games, sending them on to Heritage Auction House, and selling them for, like, millions of dollars. That's an example of fraud that is actually being— they're being sued right now for their— I think Watts is being sued. I think Heritage Auction House is being sued for that fraud. But fraud, as I said before, has two parts to it, criminal and civil. They're facing justice civilly. Where's the criminal action? Where's the criminal component to this? The egg companies with John Rust— they're being sued by Kellogg and a variety of different uh, breakfast manufacturers or cereal makers and, you know, Jimmy Dean, the company that owns Jimmy Dean and, and things like that. They're being sued by them right now. So they're probably going to face civil liability, but no one's going to pay the price for this. No one is going to sit in jail because of what they what they did. Drove up prices for people. People literally went hungry because of what the egg farm did. They literally could not buy eggs because they're too expensive. People literally lost millions of dollars off of the speculative bubble that existed in the coin market in the 80s and the retro game market in the early 2020s. Sam Bankman-Fried did the same thing with FTX or something similar. He claimed that the crypto money over here was not being used for speculative trading over here. He wasn't going to use investors' money to gamble. And guess what? He did. He used the money to gamble, and that crypto bubble popped, and he lost everything, including everyone else's money. Who's investigating this stuff? I I think Sam Bankman-Fried might be in jail now, but is he really the only guy? Is it, is it just one guy? Is, FTS, uh, is FTX still up and running? And if so, why? What do we do about somebody who hypothetically, for example, creates a speculative bubble in a coin market in the 1980s, drives up interest and makes everybody think, oh, this is a big thing. We got to buy into it. So a a whole bunch of people who aren't even interested in coins or retro games or whatever start buying this stuff up so that they can sell it for hire later. And as you start to see prices rise for this stuff, the consumers that are actually interested in retro games or in coins aren't buying it for these prices because it's not worth these prices. The only people that are buying these things for these prices are people trying to make a dollar off of it. So this this bubble forms and, and blows up and finally eventually pops when everybody realizes these games aren't worth it. What do you do with somebody who, who forms out a bubble like that? Can you really ban somebody from like being a retro game collector? Can you ban somebody from being a coin collector? It's complicated. Somebody suggested, I think Drake Eldritch suggested to me earlier, maybe we put people who do this in a conservatorship, a financial conservatorship where all of their financial transactions are monitored closely, like Britney Spears level, close. They're not allowed to own any businesses and they're not allowed to hype things up the way that they used to before because they've proven twice now that they're willing to destroy people's lives to make a dollar. There's, there's fraud all over the place. Why did Ken Paxton pick media matters to pay attention to? They're not committing fraud. They're reporting on extremism, like me. Why did he pick them? Why isn't he paying any attention to any of the other stuff I mentioned? Even if it doesn't follow, fall into his jurisdiction, there is a ton of stuff this guy could be working on right now. Instead, he's focusing on the political enemies of his political allies and himself this is just does it get more depraved and corrupt than this i guess walking into your job drunk off your is pretty bad so i mean that that one takes the cake i think is is going to work drunk worse than what he's doing here you be the judge tell me what you think in the comments uh, this is uh jim baker i mean jim baker is famously he was uh charged with A bunch of fraudulent uh, behavior. I forget what, you know, it was wire fraud, I think, where he told his listeners, I want to take donations for this charity. I don't even remember what it was now. And he took up donations, tons and tons and tons of like millions, I think, in donations. And instead of spending it on this charitable act, he spent it on himself. He just, you know, used it as a slush fund. He bought a car, bought a house, bought whatever he wanted, never actually donated. I mean, that's that's fraudulent action. Why isn't Ken Paxton investigating things like that? You know what else Jim Baker did? He got somebody on his show not even that long ago. During COVID, When COVID started, 2020, everybody was freaking out. No one knew what was going on or what to do or how to get healthy or whatever. Jim Baker gets somebody on who is selling colloidal silver. Colloidal silver, by the way, doesn't have any health benefits at all. In fact, if you take it for long enough, it will literally turn your skin blue. You will be blue. Don't do it. I mean, I mean, this level blue, okay? This is blue, blue. There's a colloidal silver guy, famously. Yeah, this is the guy right here, if you're curious. He literally blue. Interestingly enough, the origins of Tylenol also did this to your skin. It turned it blue. Before we got... Our modern day Tylenol, that's another story for another day. Point is, don't, don't take colloidal silver. Jim Baker got people on who were outright claiming directly colloidal silver will cure you of coronavirus and it will protect you from being infected. If you drink our colloidal silver solution, you will be safe from coronavirus. That's what he said. Oh boy, did he get in a lot of trouble for that. That's the kind of thing that an attorney general should be doing, watching out for that type of deal happening. And what is Ken Paxton doing? Suing Media Matters for fraud. Suing a nonprofit organization dedicated to exposing right-wing extremism. Suing them for fraud. Who did they even defraud? Anyway, just insane, man. Ken Paxton has been indicted for securities fraud. Was he really? Trial set for April 2024. No way. Was he? I didn't realize that. Oh my God. Sure enough. The Texas Tribune. Uh, thank you so much for that, that information, Budman. Buds. Appreciate it. Attorney General Ken Paxton, securities fraud trial set for April 15th, 2024. Wow. The charges stem from accusations that in 2011, Paxton tried to solicit investors in a McKinney technology company without disclosing that it was paying him to promote its stock. The attorney general has pleaded not guilty. This is literally the exact thing the attorney general is supposed to stop what he is doing. It's like he got elected into this position and looked at the the job description and said, yeah, I'll try all of that. That sounds good. I'm in charge now, and I'm the one that would be investigating this. So I'm just going to do it all. Does it get more corrupt? You don't find people this corrupt. On the left, like in the Democratic Party, not this bad. I mean, I guess Menendez was pretty bad. He was overtly taking money from Egypt and and like gold bars and stuff. So I guess you do find him. But I feel like there are way, way more on the right. Maybe that's just my bias. I don't know. Tell me what you think. There was a, a Democratic senator, I think, named Menendez, senator of Virginia, maybe. And he was straight up taking bribes from Egypt to like assist their government and give them favorable recommendations and votes and aid and stuff like that. It was just bad, dude. So you know what? They're they're everywhere. Corrupt people are everywhere. Power attracts corruption. I don't I don't even think power corrupts. It just brings in people that are predisposed to it. But I'll be if I don't see this, like, entirely too often on the, the, the far right. Menendez is New Jersey. Okay, thank you for the correction on that, uh, Mark Von Wisco. Insane, man. Absolutely insane. Next up. Senator Tommy Tuberville has been making waves recently. He says white nationalism isn't racism, and he's decided to hold up military promotions for some trumped-up reason. But that's kind of strange timing, isn't it? Right when an election is around the corner, Trump has an opportunity to take political control again, and a senator is leaving the top military commander positions open by force and against the wishes of everybody else. Military promotions must be unanimous, and he's the only senator voting against it. Let's talk about it. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. On the right is a guy named Tommy Tuberville. 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 One of the two. Anyway, Tommy Tuberville, I think. He is a far-right extremist. Now, I want to talk about him because at this immediate moment in history, he's holding up military promotions, and it's suspicious and weird why is he doing this? Let me give you a persuasive argument for why I think he's holding up military appointments. We'll start from the beginning. Early July 2023, he goes on CNN and talks about white supremacy. Okay, I just want to form out an idea of who this guy is and what he believes in his personality and stuff before I make this argument to you. Check this out. Early July 2023
5: conservatives, Democrats, whoever wants to be in the, uh, the the military to fight for this country to protect this country. That's
0: the question he was asked was, should white supremacists be in the military? Should we allow white supremacists into the military? And he says, everybody should be in the military.
5: This country, that's what
0: it's all about.
6: But just to be clear, you agree that white nationalists should not be serving in the U.S. military. Is that what you're saying?
0: If I'm sorry, white nationalists, not white supremacists, A distinction without meaning, mostly, but white nationalists are people that believe that white people should be the only people in the United States. White supremacists believe that white people are superior to everybody else. I mean, they're basically the same thing, right? If you believe in one, you believe in the other.
6: U.S. military. Is that what you're saying?
5: If if people think that a white nationalist is a racist, I agree with that. I agree they should A white
6: nationalist is someone who believes that the white race is superior to other races.
0: Well that that's some people's opinion. It's an opinion, according to this guy. It's an opinion that white nationalists are racist. Uh and I don't think that's I mean a lot. Of,
5: uh, pardon?
6: What's your opinion?
5: My opinion of a white nationalist, if somebody wants to call him white nationalist, to me is an American. It's an American. Now if that white nationalist is a racist, I'm totally against anything that they want to do. Because- Totally, totally. Because
0: I am one hundred and ten percent against racism. I bet, absolutely, this checks out. Uh, isn't he from? Wait, he's from Alabama. Yeah, Republican senator from Alabama. Hundred percent not racist. I believe it.
5: But I want somebody that's in our military, that's strong, that believes in this country, that's an American, that will fight along anybody, whether it's a man or woman, black or white, red.
0: It doesn't make any difference. So what he's asking for is somebody who is a quote unquote patriot, completely out of their minds on American patriotism and exceptionalism and everything. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for somebody who will crawl over broken glass for the United States because they've completely drunk the Kool-Aid at this point. Now, look, I love... The country that I live in, I actually do. I love America and I love the city I live in. New York City is fantastic. This is this is a really cool place, a great place. I don't feel that I've drunk the Kool-Aid like some of the January Sixers did, for example. Literally willing to climb through broken windows and look for senators and House members to take them hostage and demand Trump remains president. That level of insane. I guess that's what he's looking for in his military appointments. OK,
5: black or white, red, it doesn't make any difference. Uh, and, and so I'm totally against identity politics. I think it's ruining this country. And I think that Democrats ought to be ashamed for how they're doing this.
0: Right. And, and so it's identity politics to not want white nationalists or white supremacists involved in government in any way. That's that's identity politics, apparently. Nobody said white people. They said white nationalists, people who believe that they are superior because of the color of their skin. That's not identity politics. That's an ideology problem.
5: Because it's dividing this country and it's making this country weaker every day.
0: Sweaker.
6: That that's not identity politics. You said a white nationalist is an American.
0: It is identity politics. You said a- how how is it identity politics? You can't just say it's identity politics when you don't like something. You have to tell us how. Would you believe that he never actually tells us how that's identity politics?
6: Politics. You said a white nationalist is an American. It is
0: identity politics. You said
6: a white nationalist <laughs> is an American, but a white nationalist is someone who who believes horrific things. You don't. Do you really think that's someone who should be serving in the military?
5: Well that's just a name that has been given. I mean It's not l- it's listen. a real
6: it's a real definition. There's real concerns about So if you're going to do away yeah.
0: with most white people in this country out of the military, we got most white people are white nationalists apparently in his mind. We have to throw most white people out of the military because they're all white nationalists. Wow, dude. Huge problems.
6: It's not we It's got not huge problems. It's not people who are white, it's white nationalists.
5: That have a few probably you see the different beliefs. right? They have that have different beliefs. Now, if racism is one of those beliefs.
0: That's the. Are you kidding me? That's the belief. That's the thing. White nationalism is the racist belief. How is this like like not penetrating this guy's thick skull? White nationalism is the racism. They have a few odd beliefs. Now, if those beliefs are racism. Bro, that's what that's what everybody's saying here. Are you really not picking this up? You cannot convince me this guy is this stupid. You can't tell me. This guy ran a political campaign and went all the way to the top, okay? One of 100 of the most powerful people in the country, arguably the world. One of 100 senators, even more powerful than members of the House of Representatives. He is right below the president, in the line of power and he is so stupid that he is incapable of understanding that white nationalist is not the same as white person he's too stupid to understand white nationalist is the racist belief apparently you can't convince me he's completely full of it right he's just lying did he think he's gonna like be more popular after doing this interview? Like, why did he even come on here and say this stuff? It's insane.
5: Racism is one of those beliefs. I'm totally against it. I am totally against racism.
0: But, but that there's is, a lot that of people white, that believe a white in different things.
6: Is racist senator?
5: Well,
0: th- that's your opinion. No, that's the definition. Suddenly, this guy doesn't like dictionaries and definitions and all that. When it's convenient to him, he looks at dictionaries and definitions and says, you can't change the definition of male and female and gender and blah, 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 even though, you know, that's not even, I'm not not getting into that right now. He's wrong about that one, too. When it's convenient, he talks about the dictionary. When it's inconvenient, he forgets it even exists. What the hell's a dictionary? I never heard of it.
6: Senator.
5: Well, that's your opinion. That's your opinion. But if it's racism, if it's racism, I'm totally against it. I am totally against any type of race or any any type of
0: racism. I- but he doesn't want to directly denounce white nationalism because he knows as an Alabama senator, a Republican Alabama senator, the vast majority of his supporter base is probably white nationalist, if we're going to be honest here. I don't care what it's in.
6: OK, Senator Tommy Taverville. Thank-
0: Tubberville. Tubberville. That's how it's pronounced. Okay. Like bathtub. Tubberville. Anyway. You know, this guy doesn't even live in Alabama anymore. I think he lives in Florida and he's lived there for like a long time. You're supposed to live in your district, I think. Isn't there like a law about it? I just want to form out like a full idea, a, a full scope of this guy's opinions on things. So check out his appearance on Don Jr., Donald Trump Jr.'s podcast or I don't know, YouTube channel. It's called Triggered, late May 2023. Listen to this.
5: The COVID really brought it out about how bad our schools are yeah. and how bad our teachers are in the inner city. Most of them in inner city, uh, I don't know how they got degrees.
0: By the way, uh, inner city among Republicans, really are among white racist Southerners, like KKK members in disguise, those types of people, for decades, since the civil rights law, Uh, Since the KKK has largely lost their footing in government and things like that and in towns, they've had to refer to black people as inner city people or inner city citizens or, or whatever. When they refer to the inner city, they're talking about black people every time. So he says he doesn't know how teachers in the inner city even have degrees. Teachers outside the inner city, say in rural areas, teachers in Alabama... Teachers in North Dakota, Nebraska, Tennessee, Kentucky, West Virginia, they're, they're not in inner cities and, as such, are 100% totally qualified to be teachers. But the teachers that work in Chicago or New York City or Los Angeles, not qualified. They don't even have degrees, or I don't even know how they got them, apparently, according to Tommy Tuberville. This is the quintessential example of racist dog whistles. When people on the far right, members of the KKK, for example, hear inner city, they know what's being referred to. When people on the outside of the KKK hear that, they just think, oh, they're talking about the city.
5: In the inner city. Most of them in inner city, uh, I don't know how they got degrees, to be honest with you.
0: He's saying most black teachers. That's what he means when he says that. That's the dog whistle.
5: Uh, I don't know whether they can read and write. But they're uh, the experts but, that
0: want to make sure that parents exactly. have no say. They, yeah. uh, how, what, how do you, and how they want to you... He doesn't know that black teachers can even read and write. He doesn't know that teachers in the inner city can read and write. This is like no longer a dog whistle, but like a dog foghorn at this point. Make sure that exactly. parents have no say. They, yeah. uh, how, what, how do you, and how they want you to decide raise. what to do with your children? Yeah. Wow money grabbing. they're so greedy they, they're just constantly looking for opportunities to get money for themselves this is insane I really want to form out who this guy is for you I want you to understand what he's all about
5: or raise. They decide what
0: to do with your children
5: they want to raise they want less time to work and yeah. less time in school
0: it- wow the gall of somebody to want to live their own life and do their own thing and have enough money to do it Jeez, imagine somebody having a hobby. Imagine somebody like jogging every morning just for the fun of it
5: less time in school. It's just we've we've ruined work ethic in this country we've we-
0: We've ruined work ethic yeah, all of the these are all dog whistles this is all anti black dog whistles. I mean, how old is tuberville anyways I wonder let's see he's so uh, sixty nine years old nice nineteen fifty four a couple years older than my mom actually nineteen fifty four so he was. Ten years old when segregation came to an end legally and officially there was still segregation happening like around, you know, schools were still majority white or almost exclusively white. The government had to force integration. They had to assign black kids to white schools. Otherwise, sure, black kids are allowed to go to white schools legally Public schools are not allowed to reject black students by law, but they don't live in this area because they've been segregated this entire time. And every time a black family tries to move into a white town all through the 1960s, you get the KKK coming in and throwing things like this at people's doors. I actually got this thrown at my door in this sundown town that I lived in. The KKK went up and down every street in my town throwing pamphlets at everybody's door. They had rice in the bag so they could chuck it from the car window. Original Knight Riders, Knights of the Ku Klux Klan. And they had on the back Islamization of America. They had this whole big nonsensical thing about how Muslims are trying to take over the country, blah, blah, blah. If it's this bad now... This happened in the uh, what, 2015, maybe, I think, just not even that long ago. If this is happening now, imagine what it was like in the 1960s during the civil rights era. Tuberville was in his teens and 20s through all of that. 10 years old when the law was officially passed, and for the next 10 to 20 years, integration didn't even happen but segregation was you know people were trying to bring segregation to an end largely is it really any surprise that this guy knows every single dog whistle has all of these ideas down pat and refuses to condemn or denounce white nationalism white supremacy or anything like that is it is it any surprise honestly and <laughs> god the people that defend this dude are Just like, I don't even know what to say. Marjorie Taylor Greene, mid July 2023, she comes out swinging in Tommy Tuberville's favor after he refused to denounce white nationalism.
7: We'll continue on. Um, he, he says, likewise, despite centuries of exclusion and robust evidence of continuing racism, minority underemployment is often couched in the language of bad choices and personal responsibility. I gotta tell you, anybody's unemployment has to do with bad choices and personal responsibility. And again, that does not have a skin color. I know a ton of white people that are as lazy and sorry and and
0: what what's that pause for, Marjorie Taylor Green? Why'd you par? Why'd you pause there, Marge? Were you gonna say, "I know white people that are as lazy"? And what what were the words she used?
7: I know a ton of white people that are as lazy and sorry.
0: Right, as lazy and sorry as black people. Is that what you were gonna say? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, it's obvious that they believe this stuff, right? Tommy Tuberville, Marjorie Taylor Green, and all these other people. Donald Trump, hell, dude, Donald Trump was sued in the 70s, I think, and forced to rent to black tenants. He refused to rent to black people. He was finally forced to, after a lawsuit went through, I think the attorney general of the state sued him over this or something, and he didn't admit guilt, but he paid a fine and he agreed to start renting to black people. Seriously. Seriously. Guys, we still live among people who segregated black people by force into ghettos. Okay, those people are around us. You pass them every day on the street. People who watched black people be forced into ghettos, be fired for being black. I know that this is like insane to think about, but these people are around us every day. I'd be willing to bet anything if you know somebody that's over 60, then you know somebody who participated in that kind of activity. We are not that far removed from it, okay?
7: And and probably worse than black people I know, and I would not hire...
0: Do you know any black people?
7: ...them because they're lazy and they're sorry and they're pathetic, and that has everything to do with their bad choices and their personal responsibility. That is not a skin color issue either. That's a people issue.
0: Jesus, dude. These people are shameless. So now you know who Tommy Tuberville is and the types of people that defend him talk about how right he is and everything else. Let's talk about those military appointments. Mid-November 2023, he was asked why he's holding up military appointments. Now, just a little bit of context on this. Military appointments are a standard thing that happens every, I don't know, year, every six months. I don't don't know how often it happens. It's just the kind of thing senators sign off on, and it has to be every single senator, and it's just a normal thing. The military promotes from within. They recommend who should be up for promotion, and then they send it through, and it has to be unanimous to my knowledge. I looked this up, and, and I think it has to be unanimous between all senators. So the senators just sign on the dotted line and promote everybody en masse. Except Tommy Tuberville. For the first time in his life, he's decided to hold up military appointments. He's been a senator in Alabama since 2021. I guess he just just got into office recently, but he's been involved in politics for a while, I believe. Anyway, listen to Tuberville's explanation here, mid-November 2023. This is... I think this is Don Jr.'s wife here. Give. Uh, uh, she's got a... I'm sorry, man. I don't like making fun of people's looks. I don't do that. I, I think it's wrong. But I feel like this is a conscious choice that she's making to look the way that she does. So I'm okay with pointing it out. It's just something not quite right here.
5: Give uh, uh, abortion travel, and we're going to pay for that by t- taxpayers' money. They can't tell us <clears throat> about the... The policy in terms of the abortion itself, you know, it's been...
0: Okay, so here's the complaint. He says the military is paying for abortions for people. And until they stop paying for abortions for people, he's going to hold up military appointments. Well, that's not going to happen. Okay, and they're not even really paying for abortions for people. The government paying for abortions is illegal and always has been illegal. It's against the law. You have to pay for it yourself. Historically, I think it's been between 200 and like $800, depending on where you are and, and how difficult the procedure is. If they're just going to prescribe a couple of pills to you for this, then it's one thing. But Tommy Tuberville is upset that people get health care in the military. They're not even doing abortions in the military. They're just like they're getting health care. So this guy wants to exclude a part of health care from the military. A legal piece of healthcare. this is like telling people he's not going to promote anybody in the military and we're just going to leave our admiral and general slots open until we ban contraception in the military until birth control is taken out of the system completely that's what we're dealing with right now that is an backwards ridiculous reason to refuse to fill open slots and military members of the military, high ranking members, I think somebody high ranking in the Navy not too long ago came out and said he is aiding and abetting China and other you know dictatorships and, and hard right regimes around the world by leaving our admiral and general positions vacant so the real question why is he doing this keep listening
5: the policy in terms of the abortion itself you know it's been rape incest or or, or health of the mom uh but we asked uh in in one of our hearings what you know what month uh,
0: are you going to go by for the abortion they couldn't so he says the policy in the military is they can get it if it if it's the result of rape, incest, or life of the mother. So if the mom is, like, dying, like, literally, if you don't do something now, she's going to die. E- even if the baby's going to die. They both die. That's fine in this guy's mind. Even if somebody was attacked in the military, it doesn't matter to him. He's going to force them to have it anyways. This isn't a completely backwards position to hold and entirely nonsensical does not match up with what the country believes doesn't match up with what almost anybody believes. even republican senators and house members and stuff almost none of them will say i'm against abortion in those cases also but here he is the only guy literally the only one blocking military appointments over this and his response
5: you know, what month uh, are you going to go by for the abortion? They couldn't tell us whether it was abortion after birth. I
0: mean- so he thinks that somebody is a victim of assault, and they go through the pregnancy, they have the baby, and a two-month-old baby has been, you know, it's been born, is walking around and, well, not walk, you know, leaning up and, and babbling and playing with keys and stuff. Well, maybe not even that age. Let's say, like... A six-month-old baby is sitting up just barely and playing with keys and stuff. You know, the big cartoonishly large plastic colorful keys that that babies have. And I guess he's imagining in his head somebody having a post-birth abortion for a six-month-old. How how do you even perform something like that? Seriously. It's comical at this point. It's like it's a joke. Post-birth abortion doesn't exist. That's just murder. It's like in the 1950s, the far right wants to take that extra step and make it that much more extreme than it was before. During segregation, black families trying to move into a town that was historically white, and they get pushback from the KKK in the town. The KKK is going around telling kids this.
7: Some of the people are definitely against integration. And they have told my children that they have to marry negros. And my child doesn't even know what a is, but from the sound, it has scared them, and they have come home just crying. <clears throat> Mommy, do I have to marry negras?
0: So, the point is, Tommy Tuberville is doing the exact same thing. Post-birth abortion. Really? You mean Murder. So he thinks the, the military is murdering six-month-olds because it's not against the law? Like what? Are you going to go
5: by for the abortion? They couldn't tell us whether it was abortion after birth. I mean...
0: What is he even talking about? There is no abortion after birth. It's just murder. <laughs> like, It's so stupid, it's comical. But is it really stupidity? It's like I said earlier, is this really stupidity when the guy doesn't seem to be able to get it through his thick skull that white nationalism is the racist ideology, refuses to denounce white supremacists because they're, they're American patriots, but doesn't like racism. Really? Come on. So here's the bottom line. Now I'm going to lay it down and tell you what I suspect. Been the suspicion of a number of other people also, not just myself. Is Tommy Tuberville holding up military promotions until Donald Trump wins his election so that Donald Trump can pick those military promotions himself, just like Mitch McConnell did for Donald Trump when Scalia died a year before the election happened or whatever? In Obama's last year as president, that was his seat to fill. Is that what Tommy Tuberville is doing? If that's what he's doing, it's deeply concerning. Donald Trump has already expressed an interest in military dictatorship. Every chance the dude gets, he's praising right-wing dictators from here to China, everywhere. He even praised Hamas, seriously. Or, Or as Trump likes to say, hummus.
8: And they said, gee, I hope Hezbollah doesn't attack from the north. Because that's the most vulnerable spot. I said, wait a minute.
0: Hezbollah is a Shia Muslim organization. It's kind of like a militia in, uh, I'm sorry, in Lebanon to the north of Israel. Hamas is a Sunni organization, which is in Palestine, which is specifically in Gaza, not in the West Bank, but in Gaza. They're technically competing. They don't like each other, Shia Muslims and Sunni Muslims, generally i guess it kind of depends on the situation but uh, yeah they're both extremist groups
8: you know hezbollah is very smart they're all very smart the press doesn't like when they say it. you know i said that president Xi of china 1.4 billion people he controls it with an iron fist i said he's a very smart man
0: he's literally saying hamas and hezbollah two terrorist groups on par with isis are very smart why is this dude always praising dictators seriously He's praising Xi, um, Xi Jinping. That's the name, right? Did I? God, I hope I didn't mess that up. I think that's the name. He's praising the president of China, Xi Jinping, for ruling with an iron fist. Really.
8: They killed me the next day. I said he was smart. What am I going to say? But Hezbollah, they're very smart. And they have a national... Like,
0: what did Hezbollah do? They didn't do anything. We're talking about Hamas right now. Not Hezbollah. he has got the two groups confused, I guess.
8: But Hezbollah, they're very smart. And they have a national defense minister or somebody saying, I hope Hezbollah doesn't attack us from the north. So the following morning they attacked.
0: I don't remember Hezbollah attacking from the north. What's he talking about? Hezbollah never attacked Israel, did they? Not recently, anyways. No. Hezbollah had not attacked when this video released. This is five days after the you know the Hamas attack in Israel Hezbollah may have had some skirmishes in the past you know month or something but not when Trump released this I don't believe I don't even know what he's talking about right now
8: might not have been doing it but if you listen to this jerk you would attack from the north because he said that's our weak spot whoever heard of officials saying on television that they hope the enemy doesn't attack in a certain area
0: He's such an idiot. Anyway, I'm sorry, man. I don't like insulting people, but I don't want to be that guy who's always bagging on people, but (laughs) he's just something else. The point is, Donald Trump is constantly praising military dictatorships, and it's just bizarre. I don't know why. Maybe because he wants one. Anyway, you tell me what you think about Tuberville. Is he doing this to preserve the appointments for Donald Trump? This is a non-political thing to do, a military promotions everybody just agrees on it and they push it through the only reason tuberville would have for doing this is in an effort to help trump if that is what he's doing would be because trump can specifically install people that are loyal to him because he intends to use those people i don't see any other reason for trump to fill those positions with his own people it doesn't make any sense. Anyway, tell me what you think. Tell me if you think that's what's happening or not. By the way, if you guys ever want one of the clips, I save every clip I ever cover on my channel. Every single one. If you ever want to see one of the clips or you don't know where to find it or whatever, you can find every clip at owenmorgan.com slash clips. Not selling you anything. It's just there. I don't want that information to be lost. I upload it about once every couple of months or so. Um, I'll just upload in a big tranche. I actually like pay money to have a Dropbox thing that can hold that much data so that people have access to those clips. Next up. The Johnson Amendment is a legal protection in U.S. tax code that prevents nonprofit organizations from explicitly offering words of endorsement or opposition toward political candidates. They aren't abolished as a company if they do, they just have to start paying their fair share. Unfortunately, the IRS hasn't been pursuing those cases, so the evangelical movement in the U.S. is brazen about breaking it. They don't even care anymore. Let's talk about the Baptist pastor who spoke at a Donald Trump rally and offered his endorsement publicly from his platform. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. This is a Baptist pastor that showed up at a Donald Trump rally in Fort Dodge, Iowa. Now, Legally, there's a section of IRS tax code that says nonprofit organizations, including churches, are not allowed to endorse or oppose specific political candidates. They can endorse or oppose political ideas. They can be like pro choice or anti abortion or pro abortion or whatever. They can be whatever. They can think that guns are good and they should be behind every blade of grass. But they cannot endorse a candidate for office. And here we have a Baptist pastor in Iowa doing just that, mid-November 2023.
9: We also confess that our nation has sinned against you. We have fallen from great heights. We need your intervention. Truth is suppressed. Lies, corruption, and propaganda are driving civilization to ruins. Good is called evil, and evil
0: good. Dude, yes, I agree with all of that so far. Absolutely. Sounds like he's on, this, on the same page, right? So therefore, Lord, we appeal
9: to you for your namesake. Awaken this nation, including
0: our present leaders. Once again, would you bring blessing on our. Okay, it's getting a little bit weird. Not super into the whole Jesus stuff and mixing it in with government. In fact, I think the founders explicitly spoke out against that and even put a line in the Constitution about it. But okay, go on.
9: Once again, would you bring blessing on our great country? Dear Lord, restrain evil for your Holy Spirit and your people and godly servants in office, especially through President
0: Donald J. Trump. Oh, boy. He just endorsed a candidate for office. And what's going to happen? Nothing, of course. I'll explain why nothing's going to happen in a second. Just keep listening here. Lord, finally,
9: I pray your protection and encouragement on the president, his family and the staff. Give them the wisdom of Solomon and the
0: discernment of David. The wisdom of Solomon, you mean the baby cutter, the guy that said, I want to cut a baby in half. We talking the same Solomon and the what of David? I uh, David, you talking the guy that sent some chick's husband to war to die and then got caught in the bathroom with her later. Bathsheba, is that her name? We're, we're talking the same guys, right? Baby cutter and um, husband killer. Okay, go on. It actually sounds like Donald Trump, right? Give them the wisdom of Solomon and the discernment of David as they
9: face the giants who are really in opposition to you, almighty God.
0: In Jesus' name, we pray, and all God's people said, amen. Psychotic. Absolutely psychotic. Well, here's the thing. As I said, the Founding Fathers explicitly and specifically said, we don't want a state religion. Thomas Jefferson wrote a bunch of letters back and forth with Danbury Baptist Church laying out what the Constitution said, what he expected of churches and the government, what he wanted and all of that. We don't have to wonder. We have a Supreme Court that looks at the Constitution and adjudicates what they think it intended or what they think should happen or whatever, right? They're trying to interpret the language to figure out if something should be legal or not. Well, we don't have to do that with separation of church and state. It was very clear. The, the framer of the Constitution, one of them, Thomas Jefferson, one of the people that participated in it, told us exactly what he meant. He didn't want a state church because England had a state church, and it sucked. People were persecuted and mistreated and all this other stuff. People wanted to escape that. That's why religion and politics are not supposed to mix, because it inevitably ends in persecution for somebody. Here's one more example of somebody flagrantly violating the Constitution, not even just tossing it out the window. Dude took an oath of office to the Constitution as the governor of Oklahoma. Kevin Stitt is who we have on screen here, and he threw all that out november 9th 2022 this is right after the election i think in 2022 i think it was just like days after
1: father we just claim oklahoma for you every square inch we claim it for you in the name of jesus father we can do nothing apart from you yes we know battle against flesh and blood but against principalities and darkness Amen. and father we just come against that we just lose your will over our state right now
0: So he's literally swearing Oklahoma over to Jesus quote unquote his interpretation of him in the name or with the authority vested in him by the federal government as the governor of Oklahoma he's swearing it over that's insane. How is this not a violation of of the Johnson Amendment at the very least. Well, this one wouldn't be Johnson Amendment, but how is this not a violation of separation of church and state? The The first sentence of the First Amendment of the Constitution. It's called the Establishment Clause. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press, so on and so forth. The point is, Congress and church will have nothing to do with each other that's the idea being laid out there and this guy just completely ignoring it he's a governor has he read the constitution name of jesus we just
1: thank you that we claim oklahoma for you
0: as the authority that i
1: have as governor and the spiritual authority and the physical authority that you give me i claim oklahoma for you that we will be a light to our country and to the world right here from our state we thank you that your will is done on tuesday and father that you will do
0: so it must have been right before will is done on tuesday so it must have been just days before the election right
1: We thank you that your will is done on Tuesday, and Father, that you will have your way with our state, with our education system, with everything within the, uh, the, the, the walls behind me and the rooms behind me, Lord, that you will root out corruption. You'll bring the right people
0: into this building. It's so funny to hear Kevin Stitt talk about corruption. This is OKCFox.com. This is, uh, I think, Oklahoma's local news network or whatever. Responsible for a massive pattern of corruption. Lawsuit filed against Governor Stitt. Court documents show it was filed by Greg James, who's a disabled veteran and an Oklahoma County resident. The lawsuit accuses Stitt of being responsible for a massive pattern of corruption and secret dealings in the executive branch of state government that has resulted in misuse and misappropriation of taxpayer funds and abuse of the power of his office. The suit alleges that under the direction of the governor, state officials have ignored laws and regulations of state agencies and have operated in secrecy in the dead of night to hide conflicts of interest, abuse of power exercised beyond statutory or constitutional authority, misused funds from the state treasury, and violated their constitutional duty to uphold and defend the Oklahoma Constitution. Why is it... That every time I read a story like this, it's always some evangelical nutcase that's doing it. Why? I guess uh, there's a guy from New Jersey, Menendez is his name. That was like the one example I can think of with a Democrat doing shady stuff where he was brazenly corrupt, taking money from foreign countries in exchange for his you know, influence or whatever other thing. But it's almost always evangelical extremists, not even just Republicans. I don't think Mitt Romney would necessarily do something like this. But it's always, always, always religious extremists or people who pretend to be at the very least who use Jesus as a bludgeon against the people that they don't like. It's like they saw religion and thought to themselves, that could be useful to me if you are a religious person. This should offend you. What we're watching here with Kevin Stitt, somebody brazenly using your beliefs against you and, and other people in your life, using it to enrich himself. Does this guy even believe it? And that brings us to Brenda Kuhneman. This is this woman here on screen, Hank Kuhneman's wife, televangelists from Oklahoma, or No, I'm sorry, from Omaha, Nebraska. Brenda Kuneman describes pretty succinctly why they're ignoring the Johnson Amendment now. Before we get into that, let me just explain the Johnson Amendment. It's a section in the IRS tax code that says you can't endorse or oppose any specific candidates. And if you do, you lose tax-exempt status as a nonprofit. The thing is, with churches and nonprofits and stuff— as a nonprofit, you have to file paperwork and apply for that right to be a nonprofit. But churches don't. They are nonprofit organizations by default. They don't have to file paperwork for this. Every year, nonprofits don't pay taxes, but they still fill out paperwork showing how much money they brought in and what it went to and all that other stuff. And it's public, it has to be public legally. Like the ACA, the Ameri- or the atheist community of Austin, it is a public nonprofit organization. so is American atheists. You can go to their website and look at their tax forms and just see what they spent their money on, see how much money they have in the bank and, and everything because they're a nonprofit. You can't do that with everybody, with every corporation, with Kellogg or whatever. You have to rely on their information largely and, you know, stocks and stuff change things because it's publicly traded, but churches aren't like that at all. Churches don't have to divulge anything about their finances. They're just like every other nonprofit except they operate under a veil of secrecy, legally. You don't even have to apply for tax exemption. You just have it as a church. It should not work that way. You should have to prove that you... Provide a public good to receive this privilege, this benefit, this government subsidy of not having to pay for the roads you drive on and the education that your, I don't know, pastors or whoever gets through, from K to 12 and onward. You should have to contribute to society like everybody else. I don't care as a church. Or prove that you're using that money to directly improve people's lives in a real, tangible way. Not by giving them hope that their grandma is coming back or whatever, but by feeding homeless. Something like that. Now listen to what Brenda Kuhneman has to say about the Johnson Amendment. This thing that basically prevents pastors from specifically endorsing political candidates, even though they can endorse political positions and ideals and whatever. It's just candidates and parties that they can't endorse, and she can't even handle that. Mid-September 2021.
10: This nation was founded as a Christian nationalist
0: form of government. No, it wasn't. What are you talking about? The, the Constitution specifically says Christian nationalism bad. What? Built upon biblical judeo-christian principles look at these people nodding their heads like yeah i like that i think that's right no no to all of that judeo-christian values aren't even a thing this term didn't exist until a 100 years ago or something like that absurd
10: do you know the reason that churches are tax-exempt in this country
0: tell me brenda let me help you please
10: they're tax-exempt because our founders went to the book of Ezra, and when they built the temple, Ezra 7, you can read it. When they built the temple, they came before the government, and it was agreed by the government at the time, secular government. It was agreed upon that the temple should not be taxed.
0: And she thinks that the founding fathers were reading the book of Ezra and building the country's laws off of it or whatever? Ezra 7, King Artaxerxes' letter to Ezra. Ezra comes to Jerusalem. Okay, interesting. Well, there you go. Anyway, the Founding Fathers did not base their government or base the government that we live under off of the Bible. Didn't happen. Fabricated nonsense. They, the Founding Fathers were not Christian nationalists. Well, maybe John Adams. Not John Quincy Adams, but John Adams, who's a complete nutcase. John Adams and Abigail, his wife just gone those people were drunk on jesus i don't know how else to put it anyways uh, that didn't happen simply did not happen i'm sorry
10: could not be taxed and our founders said we're not gonna tax churches we're gonna allow them to be tax-free people say well you shouldn't be afraid of the tax-exempt status you know most churches couldn't pay their mortgage if they had to pay a 20 percent corporate tax
0: uh, okay, <laughs> 20% corporate tax. Is that, is that what she thinks that um, corporations are paying? Okay, let me fill you in on a little information here, Brenda. You don't pay taxes on money that go to the church's mortgage. Even for corporations, if you are spending money on the business, you're not paying taxes on that money. You only pay taxes on money that you bring in that you make as profit. If you start a lemonade stand, you have this big lemonade conglomerate or whatever. So say you spend $25 on supplies and you make $100 off of that. You're only paying taxes on $75. You're not paying it on the other 25 that you spent. Oh, and you're also not paying it on the additional 25 that you put into buying more lemonade. So you start with $25 worth, and you buy another $25 worth, you're only paying on $50. So, I don't know, let's see, the nominal tax rate, maybe 10% for corporations, that's $5. So, what Brenda's saying here is straight up wrong, and she knows that's wrong. You can't convince me that she's an idiot. If churches paid taxes, they would pay their mortgages, and then whatever was left over would be taxed. And she knows that.
10: You know, most churches couldn't pay their mortgage if they had to pay a 20% corporate tax. Do you know that?
0: She knows she's lying, right?
10: There are churches in inner cities, places where they're feeding poor people. They don't, they're do not they not rolling in money.
0: Well, if they are rolling in money, then that, a little cut of that goes into the infrastructure that they are using, the, the roads that people drive on to arrive at that church, the education that their pastors get from K to 12 and their everything, their health care and whatever. Little portion of that goes to all of that stuff. If they're not rolling in money, then nothing goes to it. Simple as that. That's how our system works. She cannot be this stupid, right? She isn't.
10: rolling in money. And if they had to pay and be slapped with a corporate tax, most of them couldn't survive.
0: Complete BS.
10: The tax exemption was made so that by our founders that.
0: Oh, you ready for a lie? It's about to come. I I just know it when she says founders or founding fathers and she's about to say something authoritatively about him, It's a lie. I can already tell before she even says it. All right. Check it out.
10: By our founders that crafted this nation, it was not until LBJ came along with.
0: Oh, they hate that guy. You know the guy the president Lyndon B. Johnson, the one that passed the Civil Rights Act, the one that desegregated schools, they can't stand him. I wonder why. That's weird, right? What a guy to hate. Okay. So what about LBJ?
10: Well LBJ came along with an evil agenda, by the way. Okay? And I could say a whole lot about that man, but he would- was-
0: Please, please tell me all you want. I- I'm here to listen, Brenda. A
10: whole lot about that man, but he was driven by a principality of the powers of wickedness in this
0: generation. Dude literally didn't do anything except, nothing notable, except pass the Civil Rights Act, just about. I mean, I he did a couple of other things, but seriously, why does she care? Like, why does anybody care about LBJ aside from that? Is there something I'm missing? Did I forget? Did I just miss that day in history class or, or what? I feel like I'm missing something major. I don't know why she hates LBJ so much, if not simply because he passed the Civil Rights Act and desegregated schools. Okay, go on. So I, I feel like she's just kind of wandering aimlessly down this discussion. Let's just start at the, the beginning of this discussion again with her And listen to the whole rambling mess in a long string here.
10: It was not until LBJ came along with an evil agenda, by the way. Okay? And I could say a whole lot about that man, but he was driven by a principality of the powers of wickedness in this generation. Part of the reason we have people in poverty, we have people living on welfare is because...
0: Did she ever get to, like, why she hates LBJ? I feel like we just completely missed that part.
10: We have people in poverty. We have people living on welfare. is because of policies that man enacted. What policies? It was his agenda to keep people poor and dependent on the government.
0: What policies? I want to know what he did. Does anybody know in the chat? Can anybody shed some light on this? Give me some information. What the hell is she complaining about? What did he do other than the Civil Rights Act that really got under her skin? I don't understand. Kennedy, John F. Kennedy runs for president. He wins. First Catholic president. Has LBJ as his vice president. Kennedy's shot on the, you know, in Dallas, I think it was. Kennedy is shot by Oswald. No conspiracy theorists here. And then LBJ becomes the president, and he passes the Civil Rights Act. What? What? What's next? What do you hate about him? As Christopher Valdez points out aptly, we didn't have poverty before LBJ. Yeah. Poverty was non-existent before him. Oh, 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 my God. Did he pass the Johnson Amendment? How did I not know that? Oh, I feel so stupid. Thank you so much, Ben, going around. Johnson Amendment. Lyndon B. Johnson. I don't know why that wasn't clicking in my head. Oh, my God. Okay. So he's the one that inserted that into the tax code, apparently. Jeez. I don't—I'm sorry, guys. I'm just off my game, apparently. I don't know how that happened. All right. Yep, yep, yep. Sure enough, he did. The amendment is named for the then-senator, Lyndon B. Johnson of Texas, who introduced it in a preliminary draft of the law in July 1954. Okay, right. And, and real it's five oh one C three is the section of the code. And it just says nonprofit organizations can't uh, endorse or oppose political candidates. Totally valid, you know, law or whatever you call it. Amendment. Of course, that applies to churches too, and maybe he wasn't thinking about that. Maybe the others weren't, or maybe people just didn't want churches involved in politics. I don't know. Thanks for coming, I appreciate it. I don't know, but boy does she hate LBJ. Okay, so his two big accomplishments As Senator, Johnson Amendment. As President, Civil Rights Act. Absolutely terrible man, apparently, okay?
10: So the Johnson Amendment came along to say, well, if they want to keep tax-exempt status, then they're going to have to keep their voice out of the political sphere. They're not going to be allowed to put any of their money to endorse anything political.
0: As an organization, that's correct. You, Brenda, personally, are free to take the money that you earned from the church that has been sent to your social security number and send it to whatever candidate you want within a certain range, $5,000 or something? I don't remember what the the maximum limit is. But your church cannot do that.
10: They can say who they personally pastors endorse, which, by the way, they have threatened that Johnson Amendment so poorly, so much, so bad... That it has pushed pastors into a corner that even the Johnson Amendment didn't even call for.
0: Really? Pastors are so deathly afraid of having to pay taxes that they won't even talk about politics. Is that what you're telling me? Even though all it says is you can't endorse or oppose political candidates for office? Really? Really? She lives in a fantasy land where she is like the center of all of it, and she's the the persecuted minority and the only one, seemingly. This is insane.
10: Because people are terrified that they'll get an audit by the IRS for daring to touch anything in the pulpit. And I'm just going to say, those days are over. It's over.
0: So, yeah, um, evangelicals just gave up on caring. And unfortunately— Churches are simply assumed to be tax-exempt by default. They don't have to file any of that paperwork or any of the other stuff. They're just tax-exempt. So they just, they, they just don't pay anything, and that's the end of it. I don't know. Aside from the fact that they don't pay anything and that's the end of it, Donald Trump specifically told the IRS to stop enforcing the Johnson Amendment, and to my knowledge, they haven't started enforcing it again. I say that with complete confidence because Trump said he did that personally. He said, I told the IRS not to enforce this anymore. He said, I ended the Johnson Amendment, although he didn't technically still there. They're just not doing anything about it. And that's why we get Brenda Kahneman, Hank Kahneman, Kenneth Copeland, and Lance Walna and Gene Bailey and all these other televangelists and pastors coming out of the woodwork, Greg Locke too, endorsing political candidates and talking about... How much they love Trump and how they want their people to vote for him and all that other stuff. They just completely ignore the law now. They just don't care. That's why we get people like this Baptist pastor here praying for God to elect Donald Trump. When religion mixes with politics like this, when the government establishes a state church nominally, even if it isn't official, even if it's just... In effect, it ends badly for everybody else every time. If you're a Christian, you should oppose this. These people, honestly, in my opinion, particularly Kevin Stitt here, in my opinion, people like Kevin Stitt, I don't even know that they believe this stuff. I don't know that he's even a Christian. What I do know is that these people use religion as a bludgeon against people that they don't like. They use it any way they can to benefit themselves politically and financially. If you're a Christian, you should be opposed to this. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. These people are just terrible. That's all I've got for you. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check me out on Patreon. And take a look at my YouTube channels. Owen Morgan, where I talk about religious issues. Telltale Fireside Chat, where I talk about politics. Telltale Unfiltered, where I do long-form breakdowns of stuff like this, and Telltale Reads, where I read books by televangelists and others. I release everything in parts, but every part stands independently of the last, so you can jump in anywhere and I'll make sure it makes sense. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of all my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything. All links are in the description. Okay, thanks for watching, guys.